Phil, that was Steve Taylor um, from the UK, Manchester. Uh, you know, he is, uh, aside from the book he wrote that we'll be dis discussing and we discussed with him today, he's a very prolific uh, writer. I mean, written uh, dozens upon dozens of articles. And he also, um, you know, uh, I think this is his 13th book, uh, Extraordinary Awakening. So, you know, when I, okay, I just want to say one thing. When I was thinking about it, how out of turmoil comes maybe a higher consciousness or uh, a greater clarity of thinking. I, I was thinking back to my college days and uh, the period of time right before I learned to meditate, which, you know, that was like 50 years ago. Uh, and and um, it was a time of great uh, upheaval, uh, confusion, reevaluating life, what was important. And I really, I felt very, I was... Uh, first excited and then confused and then I think a little down on the on everything that was going on and that's when uh if I hadn't had that turmoil going on in myself I don't think I would ever reach for something else point because I think what he your point suggests that what he discovered in his research could apply collectively like to a generation like ours and maybe to the young people today who are going through COVID and insurrections and, you know, all kinds of craziness, climate change. But we, we went through, you know, we were dealing with Vietnam, people like you and me were, you know, could get drafted. It, it was a tumultuous time. In my case, my mother died during that period. It was really crazy. And, um, it, it sparked a real search. You know, some, some people descended into heavy drug use and self-destructive tendencies. And some of us set out to find, you know, a different way of living and, and right. truth. And that's an interesting point. But, you know, it's, it's, I just thought of something else. I was on a train one time in Sweden and uh, I started chatting with two guys and they were... Um, both Latter-day Saints, you know, Mormons uh, on mission. And I said, how is it? In, you know, we're great, very friendly. Uh, and uh, we we're talking mostly about sports. And then we got on this, I got on the subject. I goes, how is it doing mission work here? Which I'm not so familiar with. I'm not Mormon, but, but I, you know, I've read about it. I've talked to others. And they said, it's very difficult here. And I said, why? I said, People are pretty happy. They're not looking for anything. So I think that it's an interest. That's exactly what he said. He said, "Yeah, they're happy. They're content." But it's it's after some tragedy, some turmoil that people think, "Wait a second. There's got to be more. We have to find something." And 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 I think that uh, you know uh, he brings that out in uh, extraordinary uh, uh, in his book. You know, and so uh, extraordinary awakenings and. But you know what's interesting? In all the interviews I've done over the years, and I've done hundreds of them, you know, not just on our podcast, but for my book research, sometimes it's people who have the opposite of tragic lives. People who are, everything goes right, they're living the dream, they have success, they have money, they have a beautiful family, you know, every, and good things have happened to them. Sometimes they 
are the ones who say, yeah, but I'm still not feeling fulfilled. I'm still not satisfied. There must be something else. There must be something more. So good fortune can lead some people to a spiritual search. As I, but I think you you know the, the observation that good can come from tragedy, uh, and and in his in Steve Taylor's case, you know he's backing it up with um, the kind of um, rigorous research that a psychologist would do. It's not just right. uh, the observations of informal uh, researchers like you and me. Right, and it's interesting. He's uh, very involved as an organization. I think he heads it up for transpersonal uh, psychology in the UK. You mentioned it. It's it hasn't gotten full traction in the US, but really uh, transpersonal psychology is about putting together psychology and, and spirituality. And I think that uh, I think that if one had a spiritual inclination, and many of our listeners and viewers do. Uh, if you were looking for a therapist, you would certainly want to get somebody, I would think, who had uh, at least that perspective or was open to that. And I was in graduate school in psychology. And believe me, at that time, um, most people weren't. That was considered very far out. And it was like, you know, when I mentioned meditation, they just rolled their eyes. Not everyone. And, and, you know, and you could point out, hey, what about uh, Carl Jung and what about Ma- Maslow? There were there were people out there, but um, most of the people in mainstream psychology. This is you know early seventies. Uh, it was very foreign, and uh, transpersonal psychology uh, has come a long way. Uh, uh, acceptance from that, but but it, it still has a long way to go. But you know, it started here. It started at Esalen and the Bay right. Area with people like Maslow and Stan Groff. And some of those very early pioneers, and I write about them in American Veda, it was terribly important. And most of it centered around San Francisco and Esalen and that whole Bay Area. Uh, it was, you know, the time of what they called the San Francisco Renaissance. And it got off the ground, you know, it first became humanistic psychology, then evolved into transpersonal psychology. They had their own association, their own journal, all that. The association still exists and some schools in the Bay Area still specialize in it. But somehow it got co-opted and absorbed into, you know, uh, the general field of psychology. So it doesn't even have its own subdivision in the American Psychological Association, whereas in the UK it does in right. their version of it. So it's interesting. Whereas even uh, non-transfer, you know, uh, non-transpersonal psychologists, people that would not associate that with that at all, they might recommend meditation or yoga to one of their. That's right. If that's right, so maybe the mainstream on the list of things that you have a good lifestyle, get exercise, meditate. So it's really. And, and again, uh, uh, you bring a lot of this out in American Veda that uh, East, Eastern knowledge, meditation, yoga, these things coming to, to, to the, uh, from the East to the West. And uh, it's, it's pretty new. And, uh, and now it's, it's, it's quite mainstream. I mean, nobody rolls their eyes when you say meditation anymore. No, I get I get mailings from my uh, from Kaiser Permanente, my healthcare provider, telling me I should meditate for stress 
This fellow may miss the boat by 50 years. I, I have a story about that. I was in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I, this was, I don't know, a number of years ago. And uh, I was having a lot of trouble, my, my eye blinking and uh, eye watering. And it turned out it was dry eye or whatever. But when I went to see the uh, ophthalmologist, after he examined me, he said, have, have you ever thought of learning to meditate? I had already been about 20, 30 years into it. So I said, you know, yeah. geez, is that the, yeah. But it turned out uh, some drops did the trick. I know, so it, anyway, it, at the uh, risk of giving away our uh, age. At times they are changing. Maybe. Oh, I'm sorry, I, over, I spoke over you because you froze for a second. Oh. Your internet connection is, uh, I'm getting a signal here, but I think. Uh, you can hear me clearly. All right. Well, now I can. Yeah. Another outstanding interview, uh, and we have some terrific ones coming up, folks. So yeah, we stay do. Tuned. And, and again, there are a couple of things we, Phil and I, very much would like to stay on the air. We want to keep this free and open to the public, and including our archives. We are not a nonprofit. Uh, we cannot. You cannot donate, and uh, as you would to a nonprofit, but you can contribute to help us move forward and keep our archives open. And also, if you go to spiritmatterstalk.com and uh, it'll explain to you how you can contribute. And I'm gonna thank the people who have uh, done that already. And the other thing is we would really like it if you would subscribe. So uh, whether you're watching us on YouTube TV or uh, are listening to us on the podcast, there's a little button you could just click. It doesn't cost anything. And please subscribe to us now. Our number of subscribers are going up and up, and we would like you to be a uh, part of that. So uh, please, and uh, any suggestions, email us. Uh, we've got a ton of stuff coming up, right, Phil? And so yeah, we do. We have some really interesting people lined up. Uh, we're recording this in early October. Uh, we have several lined up between now and Thanksgiving. and. Uh, You'll, and we're always open to, you know, new thinkers, teachers, scholars, authors. So if you have any suggestions for us, please let us know. And we, we are both available. Phil does this regularly uh, as speakers, uh, either on a podcast or a Zoom conference, however you, however you want to do that. So there, there you go. So, uh, Phil, until next time. Until next time. Take care.